Lawson Humphreys on the road. Muggins and cream, cream and muggins, straight thugging, living the dream. And that's our intro. Fucking muggles. Tickling the clit inside your head that makes you laugh. Woohoo! <laughs> they said it can't be done. Are we in the same seats? That's hack. Oh, muggles. Accidental rim job in the park. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Or am I just being cynical? Just muggled it up on fucking Mugglepedia. Where have you been since 9-11? So I'm sat here with Elliot Steele, and um, we've just been we've just been getting annoyed because I I, un- I unplugged my uh, my PlayStation to plug it in the Mac so I could record this, and I just know Elliot that it's it's gonna give us grief later. It's such a blasted of a machine. My PS4 is gonna fucking oh you didn't turn us off properly like please didn't didn't do that again. Mm-hmm. It actually gives you like a paragraph like a too long didn't read fucking paragraph of fucking why you shouldn't turn it off. Right, you know when uh, they were making a Terminator and they envisioned like Skynet and the rise of machines, right? If they really wanted to get it accurate, they'd have made machines big whiny bitches. Uh, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger just going, oh, you didn't, you've got to, you've got to soft reset this first. You've got <laughs> the power source, remember, just because I'm in standby, it doesn't come off. Could affect my memory. <laughs> it's going to gaslight you. <laughs> I'm fucking swear. I, I actually got annoyed because I didn't know what I was going to unplug. It could have been the projector, it could have been the fire stick, it could have been the PlayStation. It was, I don't know, rare things to unplug. And I saw the light going off your PlayStation, my heart sank. Gonna get gaslit by your PlayStation. Do you know how I know you're annoyed? You didn't do your little idiom thing before the podcast started. Ah, uh, it's because we're, we're starting we're starting having a good conversation before I press record. I thought I'd dive straight in. So now for introductions, people. Um, so the last podcast we did this this year. Uh, now that we're not on tour, so it's not expected to be regular. We're just gonna sporadically put out podcasts now and again. The last one was a Muggins and Cream classic, just the two of us, no guests, and it was nice because um, Cream was getting his life in order. He's uh, moved into his house. House. he's got piggies moving in and uh, I don't know if that's too much information but he's, he's got a therapy he's, um, he's <laughs> I don't know if that's too much information uh, he's bought a new car <laughs> uh, he's, um, I don't know if piggy moving in and him got a therapy or a lane but nah, he's, uh, he's on top form he's getting his shit together yeah. now I'm sat here with uh, podcast regular co-host Milk whose life is just found a shit fucking new decade <laughs> terrible terrible version of him uh, yeah Lass has dumped you she's yeah. on the other side of the world she's gone to a country that's on fire that's on fire there's fires and she's just like nah mate I'm done and she fucked off and she's, she's out in Australia and um, you've hit the drink yeah you've picked up a habit yeah you went to a pre-cocaine anonymous meeting that and then realised that your habit wasn't that bad <laughs> <laughs> I went I went to a therapy thing and they were like talking to me about it and then they were telling me about some of the people in there and like literally the stories will be like um uh, yeah, man. So, like, you know, on my kid's eighth birthday, he really wanted a PlayStation 2, and uh, we managed to pull some money together and get it. And a few weeks later, I, I needed a, I needed a hit. So I, I saw the... I didn't even see it as a birthday gift. I saw it as a... As a hit, and also PS2. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this guy's this guy's this guy's had his problem for years. <laughs> is, this, is this a backdated story? <laughs> oh, so he's clean now and he's, he's sharing with everyone what he did. Yeah, yeah. This is historic. Uh, he, he told it in an anonymous meeting, not realizing I had a podcast to do. <laughs> <laughs> He thought I was taking notes as a sponsor. I was, I was there for material. So his kids pierced too. So he's got, he's like, he's gone, and, and you know, and now I haven't seen my kid in years because he's never forgiven me. And I'm there, like, yeah, no, no, the other week I had to dip into the overdraft by twenty quid. <laughs> uh, yeah. but I'm, I'm fine. It was more, it's more my, my, my uh, well, ex girlfriend wanted me to go because you found this at like. 
when you when someone comes out of a previous the previous relationship she was in, she was going out with this guy who was like a like a head of HSBC and all of these things that made yeah. a bit of money. I don't know if I'm meant to tell her this, but fuck it, what's she gonna do? Break up with me again? Um, and uh, so he had like a real legit drug issue, cocaine problem. This is this her ex? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her ex had a real issue. And I find when people come out of relationships, they'll then see something and go, oh my God, I'm about to go through that again. And it's like, no, nah, I'm out with the lads for a first time in a couple of weeks. This is all. Well, can, that, can they not disconnect that and go, oh, actually, he's, I, I know what it looks like to have a problem. And what I, so, so you must have a problem. If, no, no, If no, somebody no. that recognises a problem is mm, fucking tapping me on the shoulder. No, it's when people... <laughs> I thought you saw it, another bus. I know, but like, look, because I don't <laughs> have a problem. I don't I have make, a problem. I make you look like Charlie Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like a party. Yeah, I just go to a party every couple of weeks and probably stay a bit longer than I'm meant to. You know, I stay my welcome, and then I come on here and it's like a fucking episode of intervention. <laughs> no, I just find it funny because like when 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 Daniel popped up to visit, um, he'd been at the gym, he'd been training and all that, and he just come in, you fucking put on about thirty pounds. <laughs> I'm looking good. <laughs> you're looking right. you're looking quite stocky. Like yeah, I've been going to Muay Thai, I've been training. I've been... Uh, what are you weighing in that now, did you say? Over 100 pounds? Yeah, I was 100 kilos. Oh, well, 100 pounds, was, fucking, fucking, what am I attacking? Uh, 100 That's kilos. fucking fly weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm 100 kilos. 100 kilos? Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm, uh, but that's like muscle and fat. But yeah. once I slim down, I'll get down to about 85. You're a tall boy as well. Yeah, I'm like 6'1". Yeah. But uh, you, you are right, you're holding up well. Cause, um, yeah, going through my first breakup. Am I right in thinking this, right? So she had this... Um, I don't, like work delete is applicable if there's anything you don't want us to say um, you, she was always planned to go travelling yeah so there was always a sell by date there's one thing we can't talk about and you know what that is already ah, okay I know. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the sell by date on your relationship was like um, possibly the only thing keeping you together <laughs> 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 but it had a sell by date she had plans that she was going travelling yeah so you went out with her knowing that she was going to go travelling for over a year in your mm-hmm. like, you don't know if you want to have this distant relationship. She doesn't want to go traveling with the, with the um, pressure of also trying to maintain a relationship. Oh god, yeah, that's that's. But, so it's stupid. impossible. So she's going away, and um, and I, if you if you just asked at the stage, you probably would have, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, I'm out of the old day. That was that was a nice. No, I was trying to be mature and trying to be all like, I wouldn't want the pressure of someone staying being me. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't want, like, if the reason you stay is because of me, let's be, yeah. like, and, and also... It needs to be her decision. That's yeah. Very, very mature of you. Uh, um, however, sometimes don't be mature. <laughs> sometimes I just get down on one knee and beg. <laughs> <laughs> Please Cry, don't go. Get your inner PlayStation 4 and gaslight the fuck out of someone. <laughs> yeah, inner PlayStation 4. <laughs> but, um... But no, it's, do you know what? It's an aspect, like, I, I, I've learned a, a lot through it. I'm no longer, I've dealt with a lot of my internalised misogyny. I've realised that um, where, where I was in a position before, I was actually dating shit people. I was going out with shit people and then blaming the whole female species, going, you're all I right mean, calling, calling them a species may mean you haven't dealt with it fully. Uh, what are they they're not human female of, but, of the species <laughs> the female of the species no I'm but like no I, I dealt with uh, 
Like I'd realised, and I see it with lads as well, um, girls who do it with lads as well. Like I see on Twitter a lot. It's now that a way to get retweets is like these uh, lot of, a lot of girls are doing thing going like, how comes like I'm 24 but I'm dating guys who are 25 and they're doing all that, and I'm just like, all right, all your tweets are about this, so either you date shit people or you're the problem. Oh, and you're this, the common this, denominator. And is this the pond you're fishing in? Is this the DMs you're sliding into? People no, 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 no. Passive not, aggressive posts on Twitter. I've not, 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 not been DM sliding. She seems vulnerable. No, I mean, like, uh, in your previous life before mm. you met. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. I think you've got to go through a stage of dating. Like, you only learn through experience. You've got to go through a stage of dating shit people. And you will be a shit person to someone as well. I'm not going to sit here and be like, I haven't. There's people. There's about ten less podcast fans and people coming to your show because of me, but, <laughs> <laughs> but and I hold my hand up. I pay I pay Danny fifty quid a year as a little. Uh, no, he just no. kicked back. He has a from that. He's a regular stuff coming to work and progress shows and stuff. Yeah, you, yeah, I know. Because you, you pick them up and gaslight them. You're I don't gaslight. I, maybe, but uh, no, I, I've never gaslighted. But it's um. But is it you? You know what I mean. You got a date of when you date someone, and they, instead of like what I do is I if something would go wrong, and I'll be like, you see, fucking women, they're this, this, and this. And what you're really saying is like, mummy didn't hug me enough growing up, and now I've got to fucking get and myself you're, out. You're identifying that. Yeah, yeah. Whereas um, I think it's good to get out of that. It's important if you go through that, get out of that. Don't be in your thirties and still be that guy. Yeah, it's a strange one because I've never been that guy. Oh, well, we can't all be perfect. Can we? <laughs> no. I was recently I in your wife's apartment that she pays for. You've made some salmon. I've so actually, you can feel that stuff. I've actually started done. chipping in since I moved in. Oh, how nice of you. <laughs> I'm hardly going to. You know, when I'm just living in the, on the road in hotels all the time, like, yeah. I, I had my stuff here for a bit. And like it was the place I went back to. But now I've pretty much moved in. Right, it's yeah. nice. Pay me way. But it was good for a while. <laughs> Dan, Danny just paid army hotels and that. <laughs> didn't have to pay rent anyway. That was, that was a nice little fucking uh, coasting that I did. But uh, I'm back to being a real human now. It's class as well, by the way. Just fucking being at home and... It's the best, man. Especially the position you're in where you're like, you have earned time off. If you, if you want to go like, I'm going to take... Two, I'm not going to gig for three weeks and I'm going to sit in front of the TV and I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do whatever. Mm. I'm just going to sit on the sofa. It's so good when you've earned that. Oh, it's it's class. It's 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 hard to be... Like, I've been motivated with writing because I've been waiting for that, like, creative uh, output, somewhere yeah. to put it. And I've been putting myself on, like, open mic nights. Like, I've, I went up to Edinburgh a couple of times to jump on yeah. Danny's things. I've done one in London on Tuesday gone, and I'm getting, like, that fired up. Mm. But I'm not really, like, looking for work. I've put my name on some nice gigs, you know, like, yeah. hot water gigs and the stores and the stands and stuff. But stuff I've, to look forward to. Yeah, like, proper gigs for the soul and just mm. to keep myself fresh, too, because I didn't want to go and rusty. Nah. But I'm uh, for every week I'm doing, I'm taking a week off, and I've got like fucking so much time off scheduled in. And uh, I really like, and it means like I get to spend time at home with my wife for the first time since we got married. Yeah, right. Being belt at. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. It's nice to get to know the person. It's nice. It's class. She's <laughs> <laughs> proper class. And, um, you know, I was telling you earlier, she's probably getting into the football. She's become like a massive Newcastle fan. Like she's fully invested in the fucking Newcastle journey. So yeah. like, we'll, we'll we'll watch the football together. And if I'm away, she's watching it on our own, and that's oh, just that's like, nice. she's properly into it. So we're we're proper live for our Super Sundays. 
Like whether I'm at home for the weekend or I'm away for the weekend, I'll get back and we'll just fucking bed in and watch the football. Oh, lovely. It's, uh, uh, it's been a good time. I've got a weekend with uh, to watch football with one of my favourite people in the world to watch football with, Ryan Cullen. Oh, it's class. He's so delusional. So delusional, but not that. He just, in the middle of a game, picks a player. To hate. To hate. And like he kept going to me, like when we were at altitude, he keeps going, we were watching a few United games with each other over the last few years, Manchester United. And he goes, this week we're going to watch the spectacular decline of Nemanja Matic. Who the last couple of weeks has been man of the match? In uh, every he's scored, game he's scored he's the winner in that. <laughs> like, uh, he's, idiot. He, he's, oh. he's got a real good job of like pointing out the shittest player on the pitch and then them going on to score a hat trick. Oh yeah, he started moaning uh, just to explain about like how delusional he is. He started moaning about uh, Dechamp uh, from France, Dechamp not picking Lacazette. Uh, who just won the World Cup the easiest yeah, d- anyone's ever won it so, so, sorry to be happening about football if there's a bunch of uh, American people listening from the US to uh, soccer uh, so Ryan Cullen uh, complained that one of his Arsenal players didn't get brought into the French squad and then the French squad went on to win the World Cup Look, convincingly after the French squad uh, had won it was still complained that it was they a mistake have, they couldn't like, have done any that better that guy did not make a mis- single mistake <laughs> he won it he won the tournament he cleaned up at the tournament like by by the by the quarterfinals um, it was evident they were going to win it like uh, even even if England had got to that final it was we go to the, it would have been we go to the final to lose to France. There was no you go to the final and beat him. Uh, um, but yeah. So you're, you're gonna watch you're gonna watch some stuff with him. Where is, the, is that this weekend? Yeah, I mean I'm at the Gilded Balloon Basement this week. Do you know what? Fuck it. It's they're down to them to sell tickets, not me. What are you about? <laughs> My gigs this weekend. Are you fuck. gonna plug your plug your weekend gigs? Nah, fuck that. He's down to them to sell the tickets. I'm, just, I'm like, come on. Still give it a plug. Doing your on a gilded balloon basement theater thing. Oh fucking! You go out. Are you, are you baiting the hand that feeds you? Are you? Suck my dick, I ain't, I ain't <laughs> lifting a finger if I don't have to. This, this is why I ain't never reached this full potential. <laughs> this no, is why I went from the young promising comedian to the lad in his mid-twenties that never really got going. <laughs> I'm, I'm the Lacazette of the comedy scene. No, I don't, I mean, he's doing horrible, but... Uh, no, I, I will. I've got gigs to plug. I will plug them at the end of the podcast. I'm not going to do it halfway through it while yeah. we're on a roll with banter. But anyway, if you would like to see me in Edinburgh this weekend, I will be at the Gilded Balloon Basement Theatre. Please don't fucking tell them. I said they're quite powerful people. I shouldn't have. Yeah, I do that. Gilded Balloon, that's who I do the fringe with most, yes. That's who I do the fringe with most. Which I am. Um, I don't know if I'm doing the fringe this year. I'm writing a show. Should we talk about the politics of the fringes? That might, people are usually interested in that. If we just go like hell right. for lever on it, fucking, fucking, bruv, because it's it's absolute. The fringe is run by scumbags. There's a lot of um, a lot of the venues you can't make a profit from, right? There's like the, the the reason that I've avoided them, whether they would have accepted me or not, is the is the pleasance in the assembly. Which the the financial arrangement with them is you sell out every single gig. Perform to the best of your ability, and you end up owing them money. Yeah, well, they do it. They do. They do a thing um, to people, right, to understand where the money goes in Edinburgh. Right, they do a thing called a. Uh, you usually, if you do a theatre, there'll be a guarantee. So, say someone when I want to book Kai Humphreys, but he's got to sell the tickets on a hundred seat venue. But what I'm going to give Kai Humphreys is a three hundred pound guarantee. So, no matter how many tickets Kai Humphreys sells, I will give Kai three hundred pound. For his time coming, and then on top of 
it. That's how sometimes a tour show will work. Sometimes it will work on a 60, on like a 70, 30 split. With Edinburgh, what they do is they go, you've got to guarantee us £2,000. So you've got a guarantee to play our venue. £2,000. So if you don't sell £2,000 worth of tickets, you got to pay us £2,000 plus the ticket split, which is at 60-40. Now, out of that 60-40, there's also a box office charge, which is 5%. So then 55% of your money, 45% uh, of the money you earn goes to the venue. Then there's another 20% VAT you've got to play. So you, so you come away with 35%. Oh, and, then, and then with that 35% that you get, you need to do your poster campaign, your flyers, your flyers for the month, your accommodation, which yeah. is going to be about the price of it. Yeah. So you end up fucking losing a ton of money. Um, so the Gilded Balloon, who you're with this weekend, have always looked they've, after they, they, They've been they, good. They've they been really good looked after me. I'll, I'll say that. They've been, they've been very good to me. And I've, I've generally went in, sold out the weekends, getting around about 60% me room full on the like really? slow Wednesdays yeah. so I've done like our rate numbers wise on a hundred seater room and um and I've always come away with a profit at the end of it right, and the, yeah. this is mainly because uh, one I stayed Daniels for just regular yeah. normal people rent rather than fucking marked up we're going to charge you two grand for the month I paid two grand for a single bed last year yeah. in a small room yeah so I got ring worm from it so that, that's what we're doing on this podcast now. We're going to show you behind the curtains yeah. on the inner workings of the Fringe Festival. If this is boring for probably my wife, etc. Right? Just yeah. tune, tune out. Um, so then you've got the, that cost. In the, so I, I, straight away, I stay at my mate's house. Yeah. Give them normal people rent. Um, and then the second one is the big poster campaigns. I opt out of it because you're never going to have the conversion rate. If you pay yeah. for them big posters then you're never going to get the amount of ticket sales required to pay for them ever right and even if you do you're not you're just going to cover them so if you get big posters around the fringe for me all you're doing is just going i'm here look at me i'm yeah. here i'm at the fringe basically the, yeah to explain to me the point of a big poster is right so it's kind of like everything works it's to put yourself in people's minds industries' minds the walk past your poster yes but then if you start getting really good reviews the stars go on the poster. So like I have it before. I will not see someone show, but know they're having a good fringe because I walk around, there'll be stars over their poster. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, so it's a little billboard to put their stars on. Yes. So it's it's a big gamble. But then the same people are working around and reviews don't mean shit. Like the same people are working around, it's like I think the, review, poli the politics I, of that is so I, fucking insane I think, too. I think reviews mean, I know from last year, I had my first year where I started getting some really nice reviews. It made a big difference. Oh, then, then, then it's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Like, oh, but yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I've, I was very anti-reviews until I until, until I went the, up with until the, the show started coming in. Reviews. Oh yeah, when you're coming in with a two-star review for your show, you're going, "Who's this cunt working for three weeks? He only works three weeks of the year. That's how fucking professional an outfit you are." Uh, like slagging them off. What are you, a student? Are you trying to build up a portfolio by giving a bad review so you can show off your writing? And then the minute that same person gives you a nice review, you're like, "Oh my god, this is fucking one of the main publications." Like the, the fucking. The, absolute hypocrisy of the way people deal with the reviews so I got I got straight for that so I was living with Tom Horton this year who let me say beforehand this person's opinion of his show does not reflect my opinion I thought Tom had a fucking belter show yeah I he writes love, a good show Tom. he writes a good show Tom has had one of my some of my favourite shows ever I fucking I love his shows I love him as a stand up as well as a mate yeah 
So he, in the first few days, got two stars. I'm deleting uh, that bit. <laughs> <laughs> he, got, he got two stars from a, a publication, right? Yeah. Quite a well-known publication. I sat around with it. Because, you know, when you get that, it kind of, it does hurt. It's like, as you've put your hours into making this show, and then someone comes up, watches the show, and doesn't get it, fuck you, Right? That person gave me four stars and they are a hell of an author and I wish them all the best <laughs> in their ever endeavours. It was the exact same person. It was the exact same person. The exact I, same. So, I think they may be a little bit classic. <laughs> I think they might just have good taste. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and then like my, my numbers really, because I was dealing with like, I was having days where like, I was getting like 10 and 12 and it was kind of frustrating, you know, and then that came along and suddenly I was just having like, full room full room but even then you have to continue it because yeah. you only have full room for a few amounts of days and your your audience changes then your audience goes from like people have taken a chance and really enjoyed this good show to people with high expectations so people come in going this needs to be better than the other four star show I've seen yeah. so then you're thrown into this competitive world it's it's a it's a fucking and here's the other thing with the fringe yeah people come like People tell me I had a good fringe who never saw my show only because they saw the reviews I got. So I suddenly realised the industry, the industry only fucking takes notice of who's getting good reviews. Which it's means not- you have to post them on Facebook. You have to take a photo of the sold out board and put it on social media. Yeah, yeah. It's such a posturing thing. You mad. see fucking um, Tim Vane ended up putting a poster on in like 2014 or something like that. Yeah. And he wasn't even at the fringe. Yeah, Tim- and he took up the biggest spot. Yeah, yeah. Tim Vine will not be performing at this year's Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah, it's that was what the poster was. Bella. It's fucking amazing. It's such a, it's such a shit fight. <laughs> and, um, and yeah so we've got um, so, t- so Tom getting that like this is what sucks a dick right that fucking 18 year old budding writer that fucking talked shit about Tom in no, his no, review she was, uh, she was about in her 30s she was quite experienced really experienced writer really knew her stuff uh, <laughs> just uh, listen this isn't this isn't me downplaying yeah. Tom this is me this is New, just New York's talking. time bestseller yeah <laughs> <laughs> won the Pulitzer Award <laughs> Yeah. So um, this person, J- J.K. Rowling, I think her name was. <laughs> you know, I love that. Dude. Reviews used to just be gone the day after. You used to be wrapping your chips up with them the next yeah. day. Now they're immortalised yeah. online. Um, so yeah, so Tom went with the Pleasants last year, right? Mm. Who is already it's a non-profit adventure that you're going to profit from oh, in the long run and if enough industry sees you, which I think he has had fortunes with. Yeah, but they're he, a registered charity, by the yeah. way, so they're also tax avoiding. I'll go on record and say they are fucking like what, what are they gonna do to me like they 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 get charitable status so they don't have to pay tax like oh wow fucking, and then charge what for making a minimum contribution like oh probably because once a year they put on a show to be like hey we've fucking, hey we've done our bit for like cancer research or anything right. but there's also all these expenses that we gotta pay so here's 10 pound cancer research good luck I don't know if that's true. I've made that up, but what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm just taking away for that one. Um, so the yeah, so the, like he he would have he would have gotten a PR team as well to get like more reviewers yeah. in, more industry on him, which is I, where it comes up yeah, in the long yeah. run. But fuck me, that's so bullshit. If you like, if you're putting so much fucking work into your show and so much financial backing into the production of it, and then someone just talks shit about you online on a fucking blog, like what a fucking nonsense festival. Yeah, <laughs> and then. Um, so right, let's uh, so the, the vin- let's go through the venues, right? And Pleasance, Pleasance and Assembly. I've never dealt with because I've always looked at the fucking bottom line and just went, I'm I'm a businessman. To man. be fair, to speak about I, the Pleasance and the Assembly, I know I'm cutting them off. 
I have never dealt with them. I've never dealt and with I them. And I know they yeah. can. What the Pleasance is like, if you're doing your first show, yeah. that is the venue to be at. Yeah. And I, I'm talking about this like, um, like fucking... Like, I wouldn't want to go with them. Like, I don't know if they'd ever want me. Like, yeah, if they yeah, yeah, I wouldn't yeah, fuck yeah, Scott yeah, Johansson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, I'm very fucking aware of the situation. Yeah. Um, so, Kill the Balloon have always looked after us now, like them. I think there's a lot of um, building work going on. They, yeah, they're so under they've construction this year, so they haven't got as many uh, mm-hmm. rooms or venues. I, I don't know where they're at this year, and I wasn't there last year. So, um, I was going to look into going with the underbelly. And then. <sighs> I asked my Scottish friends about the situation with the underbelly. I've, I've worked with the underbelly before, and they were good by me. They saw as my first venue in 2010. They're back as again 2011. Um, and then this year in Hogmanay, oh, they, um, they started charging Scottish people to access their own home. Yeah. So they, so they ran the, um, they the, street, ran the party. street party. And whether this was Edinburgh City Council being gold diggers or them being gold diggers or what the situation was, like this is again... I didn't read any of the articles that were up about it. I don't know any of the ins and outs, but I've spoke to Scottish people yeah. and they are not happy. And, and uh, the Scottish people, uh, they hold a grudge. They really hold a grudge. <laughs> and like, um, I'm in this difficult situation where like that would have been really nice to return back to Underbelly, come back to the Fringe. Mm. And I, like, again, I don't know if they would have had us. I never started communications with them. Um, but... I, I've got a lot of people from Scotland that would want to come to my show and they, they might have like a conflict of interest. Like even Daniel, who's like fucking quite vocal about it because he's an Edinburgh right. citizen. Yeah. Um, he's quite vocal about it. And he's, he doesn't uh, want to drink in the Underbelly Bar this year. And the Underbelly Bar is it's, where... It's, our, it's, it's where, where our, Yeah, our, our friends all fucking... Hang. Hang it's, and it's, run it. It's, it, it's, it uh, and then uh, he's, I, I kind of rely on... Um, Daniel plugging my show at his show. Yeah. So a lot of people that go to his will come to mine and I get like a bit of a trickle down and I don't want to put him in the position of having to yeah, plug a, yeah, yeah. a thing An that, underbelly that, show. Yeah, that he's, um, that he's got a conflict <laughs> with. So then I'm, I'm looking at that and um, I think the ethical choice is the stand. I'd really, yeah. I'd really like to go with the stand. I think they're fucking fantastic. I, I, I work with them all year round at their other venues. I had my solo show at their Newcastle venue. Um, but they... Uh, they look after a lot of Scottish acts and they have a lot of return. They've got yeah. a few regulars, so it's like, can I get onto that roster? So I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really try and so get in. I'm gonna really try and get in. So it looks stand. like you're just gonna be busking, doing stand up in the middle of outside. Yeah, so and, and let's get onto that. That's the, that's the other option. Is the um, free? Is the free fringe? I love the fact that I said busking and you've just immediately gone. Oh yeah, the other option, free it's, fringe. That's right. It's busking. Yeah, it is. The thing I'll tell you about the free fringe from I've done two free fringe shows. Yeah. Yeah. One was a double header, which was a disaster because they put us in the fuck into nowhere. The one I did last year at 1215 Bannermans, Bannermans, the staff there treated me better than anywhere else I've ever been. Yeah. In terms of, I turn up every day, everything. In terms of, yeah, I've done venues where even paid venues, you turn up and things aren't quite set up right. And the good thing with a paid venue is because you're paying for it, it means, and it sounds dicky, you can send someone from your agency in to be like to someone, hey, let's fucking, can we have the lights working properly? Can we have this? Can we have that? Because you are paying a lot of money to be there. And sometimes with free, I feel like you can't walk in and go, hey guys, can you do this? Because nah, they're doing their bar shift. It's down to you to do it. Turn up to Bannermans, not a problem. 
Everything was fine. I'd walk in every day. They gave me a Red Bull, a glass of water, never charged me for it. They were just sound as fuck. The room was one of the best rooms I've ever done. There wasn't any noise bleed. And it was genuinely, I was yeah, going like... Yeah, and you were, you were getting a better product than you have done from Petros in the past. Yeah, so uh, so the great thing about um, the the Petros is the gilded front of house have always been phenomenal. Um, the same with, like, by the way, when I slag off the Pleasants and things like that. I don't mean people who work there at the box office or do, doing their job or even people who are high up ranking. I mean... The millionaires. The, the, the millionaire, The company <laughs> itself that exploits everyone in the middle of it and then goes like, we, and makes itself out to be some left-wing charitable company because it has left-wing charitable people working at it while still taking the profits of the workers while putting on a communist show. Karl Marx once said, no one who is a um, a landlord can ever be someone of the people and I really feel that about people who run companies and pretend to be these left-wing kind of things anyway I'll get off my soapbox nice. now but so so yeah the 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 thing with the free fringe I love that uh, a few years ago some fucking top top acts like Joel Domit and yeah. Imran Youssef and that like lit it up as like yeah. a plausible option yeah. is going over at the free fringe people get nominated on it yeah. and all of a sudden it takes away from the these soulless yeah money makers and it, it, it makes it a bit more for the people because you can make a profit like you can you, 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 the reason I call it busking is you ask for a donation at the end people yeah. can put in nothing or they can put in something now the eyes that come so people can contactless pay on the way out yeah I don't do that Um, but this is where I think it's not the free fringe it's like if you walk out without paying you've done a, um, a social faux pas it's not free it's now it's yeah, I... I remember Jared Christmas telling us his, uh, his cousin come down or something to the Fringe and she was like, oh, it's great here. Uh, the free Fringe is awesome. I've been to like seven shows in two days and haven't spent a penny. And Jared was just uh, embarrassed. He was oh. like, no, you're meant to make a donation. Like, they're my friends. They're people like my colleagues, my fucking brothers and sisters. And, and you literally just took something from them for free. But I'm like, it's called the free Fringe. Why would you... Yeah, I, I always had a thing It with should the, be called the Busker's Fringe. Yeah, right. Last year, I had, a, I had an excellent show. Like, my show was really good. So... According I, to that review. According to that... According to several. But... Uh, <laughs> but... Um, I wouldn't mind on the way out if, like... Especially, like... It is... It is nice. I can understand why. What would be annoying is people... I don't know how to explain it. People who put in like two pence, who've made that, like, just leave my fucking show. Just stare at me oh, in the, the eye. Oh, there's people that tap the bottom of the collection yeah, yeah. tree at church. Yeah. <laughs> stare me in the eye and walk out as a broke person because I don't really care too much. But you motherfucker getting me excited for me to look at this. Have then, you ever done that where you've reached into your pocket for like a homeless person asking you for change and you reach into your pocket and you pull your hand out and you've got like 14p in an assortment of fives and twos and ones? And no, like, but I've done it well. Oh, no. Well, well, I wish I just said no. I've done it where I've uh, gone into my pocket and just pulled out a middle finger and laughed. No. <laughs> well, just well. just wave my house keys in their face. Yeah. <laughs> I go into my pocket and I, I pull out a sandwich and just eat it in front of oh. <laughs> funny. Listen. Man, I had a situation. Let's get, it, let's get off the fringe for a second and let's talk about homeless people. What a horrible thing to say. 
Um, I had a situation where I bought Alice new bedding, right? And yeah. I had all my previous bedding. And then I, all I wanted to do was give it to charity shops because yeah. it's like I, I washed it and cleaned it and, yeah. and, and it was there ready to go. And it's like cold on the streets of London and um, no charity shops will take it. And no, you know, the bin delivery thing, you yeah. know, the bins yeah. where you can put charity clothes. Really? None of them will take it. Why? I, I, I guess hygiene it's where you've been shagging someone's fucked in yeah um, it might be that but uh, like fuck man I, all I was thinking is, and then I was like <laughs> I was chatting to Natalie and she was like should we just offer it to someone she was just like stop someone in the street and yeah. say hey do you want this do me and Natalie was like if we do if we do do that she was like it has to be you that does it because you look like you're way closer to being there situation <laughs> 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 if Natalie does it, she just looks like a fucking pat yeah, yourself yeah. on your back. Yeah, Patronising. Yeah, fucking yoga going, oh, fucking oh, gluten free motherfucker that's just trying to buy, like, I uh, buy, buy herself some nice karma tickets where, where I'm going up to them going, mate, man, the struggle's real. I'm one bad fucking decision away from me. Where you had to go to the I, um, Dollar, girl just living from Australia, was exactly like that. She is the most, like, sort of, oh, we've got to help people and all of this sort of stuff, but had never been in, like, the position of understanding what that bet, is. Bet you couldn't help someone without telling someone. Bet you couldn't, you know, that's Oh, no, she would, she would, she would, she would. Oh, genuinely... you're trying to be. <laughs> <laughs> I just fucked that right off. I was like, well, calm down. <laughs> now she's fucked off, and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, that. Yeah, that cunt. <laughs> uh, I thought just the way you put the voice on. No, no, no. no, no <laughs> I'm, I'm just, sorry I'm if you're listening. She's like, no, we got to, oh, we got, we got to help the people and all of that. But like, it was. Um, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, without, I, thought, I thought you were doing the voice of the person that I thought Natalie would look like if she did. Offer oh it. right, yeah, <laughs> you no, know no, really, no, Darcy did sound like that though to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, she. It was. It's more of a. It's like it all comes from the correct the completely correct place but like yeah. we had it one night. okay to give you an example of what i'm talking about uh we're walking through shepherd's bush it's quite late at night we're out we're in a rough bit of shepherd's bush and there's a load of like lads um who uh, all right fuck it there's a load of lads outside the shop right and uh, uh, asian lads and i'm walking through with a white girl who's dressed quite skimpy and stuff right and I, where i grew up i'll tell you when i where i went to school that was just like a thing where boys who i was mates with the asian lads but some of their views uh, and men's views on women can be different depending on your religion. And we're walking through and I'm seeing the way these guys are acting. They're calling out at girls. They're doing all this sort of catcalling and that. And, and, like, and I'm like, oh, all right. And they forget what year it is. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. Okay, here we go. So I pull Darcy in a little bit closer and I just say to her, like, come on, let's go. And then I get like, I explain to her like I explained to you there. And I got like her, you need to not judge people on their ethnicity and their background and stuff. And I was just there going to her like, I wasn't. I was judging them on their actions. <laughs> and I was judging them on mates I used to go to school with that were like that back when yeah. I wouldn't know a thing like that was wrong. I've seen them do it. I've seen them do it. And I know Rosemary. It's the same I'm, guys that were there three years ago, me. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm not there going like, it's because I can see the way they're in roadman outfits. They're doing this sort of thing. And it's like in my area, like you've got like, you've got, White, in bits of London, you've got white gangs, black gangs, as you get people move into their ethnicity group. That's what happens in London. What's Roadman? Roadman's like, um, 
it's kind of like it's now kind of a joke, but like it used to be, you do road. Your job is on road, isn't it? So is it like, like Yardie? Is it a play on Yardie? No, nah, no, nah, Yardie's a Jamaican. Jama- Yardie's right. are like a Yardie would be your part of the Jamaican crew. Right, got you. Uh, but like, so where I grew up, roadmen, it was like you'd be in a gang, you do road, you sell drugs, you rep your ends. Oh, so it's like it's is it like seeing a chav and a roadman and a like is it like a socio-economic group rather than a sort of roadman? It's more like it's kind of like can you get a rich I, roadman? Yes and no. You'd sort of go like, I did road. Like, I was on road. I was doing road. I was Can you get a weight road, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it depends on your... It, it, you used to... So, in my era, you used to have SMS, which were the Somalian Muslim soldiers, which is where uh, they were like the, the... They were like the Asian gang. Uh, not the Asian gang, the African, the Muslim gang, sorry. Uh, then you'd have like... You'd have certain gangs that were like black gangs, but like white people could be in the black gang. And like right. even everyone, people could be in different gangs. It wasn't like an American prison style. So it was system. Road Man a word for plastic gangster? No, uh, they, it was more like back when I was a kid. It was like you carried a knife, you sold drugs, and you stepped to be. You'd go to people like, "Where are you from?" It was back when the postcode war was happening. So like, if you're on road, it's like, "What ends are you from?" Grove Street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you'd, and then I'll, I'll spudge you and be like, "Yeah, you play San Andreas." <laughs> <laughs> But that's what I was so going back to Darcy, right? So I was saying to her like that night, I was going like, no, I wasn't judging someone based on that. I was watching what had happened and what I'd grown up with. But she's like on this left, she's like grown up in the countryside, and but she's very left wing and liberal. So she's like, no, 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 you were being racist. And I was like, I fucking wasn't. I was watching them outside of McDonald's and I saw what was going on at anyone who walked by. I was like, yo, babes, come here, come here. And I was like, there's 10 of them and there's two of us and I'm faster than you, Darcy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get a head start. Have you ever had that? Did you ever like um, find when you moved to London, you had like preconceived conceptions and then like you'd like have a little thing where you realised, oh fuck, I was just being a little bit mildly racist there. No. No, you're pretty No, well, it's, uh, it's really cool here in East London because, like, there's no majority. Like, I'm, I'm not part. Yeah. I'm not part of a white majority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like there is no majority. I guess if, if there was a majority, probably Turkish. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I mean, on the on the like uh, shops and cafes and stuff like that, most Turkish owned it seems. Yeah. But, uh, but now this is like this is such a real. It's like a fucking world headquarters. It's such a mix that there's no tension. It kind of it kind of mixes, but it. It's like when people are like London's a melting pot and it mixes. You're like it does on the high street. It doesn't like depending on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the area I live in. If you come to Fort and Heath, right? Like it's like big Jamaica Centre, big all there's bigger. There's a mosque. There's loads of things going on. But everyone still kind of sticks to their own bit. Yeah. Like no one. It's not like the Jamaicans oh, and the Muslims will buy and they're like, hey man, we'll come mosque tomorrow. You come to the church chicken shop. It's like, yeah. no, no, no. You guys got your thing over there. We got ours here and yeah. like. Yeah, there's a mosque over there and there's a Buddhist centre and I've never seen any conflict. I've never seen any no, tension. No, no conflict, never, but it's not like... I've never seen any, like... I've never felt threatened. Nah. Um, because we live next to a park, I do sometimes worry about Natalie walking through the park if she takes yeah. a shortcut back at yeah, night. But that yeah. would just be, in general... That's a wherever, thing. Wherever we yeah. lived. Well, yeah, it's just that, like, it's that women are more vulnerable to attack than men. You know, yeah. like, it's... It's, it, it is a concern, but that would be the same in any city walking through a park. Oh, don't you find it nuts here? Like you see, like when like groups like the EDL will go, they'll go mental over. They'll go like, look at this like Islamic paedophile group or something, 
and then you'll see just as many like fucked up dudes from like I don't know some place up north like white dudes doing the same thing and then they're just quiet on the thing and you're like you don't really care about stop stop using like your stop throwing your agenda on a legitimate like thing to try to stop a struggle yeah. like surely it should just be anti-pedophile yeah, <laughs> just yeah. anti-pedophile yeah. uh, I don't know how we've got onto race I did that sorry you took it straight to pedophiles as well so yeah, alright well seen as we're on the subject you really just <laughs> you really just <laughs> took it away from the fringe there we're just talking about fringe politics and you're like hey what about homeless people what about race relations <laughs> pedos like, whoa so we're just yeah. going back to the free fringe I was yeah. <laughs> so you're thinking of doing free fringe um, <laughs> I'm not, so sorry about that it's not <laughs> I just realised what I did. <laughs> well, let's bring it back. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> this was meant to be about my breakup. <laughs> it was about you being in turmoil. Um, so, I'm writing a fringe show. That's the top and bottom of it. Yeah. I'm, writing, I'm writing a new show. And it's going to be ready for... When I tour with Daniel, I'll, I'll have new material. Yeah. I'll be able to put some shows on. When, when it's ready, I'll be able to put some shows on in London, at, in Newcastle, and... And anywhere where I might have a following, give us a tweet if you say, hey, come to my town, put on a show. Uh, and I'll probably put, I'll not call the tour because it's probably just going to be a handful of solo shows here it's and there. It's still a tour. It's still a tour. I'll do, I'll do something of a tour, but it might not. It's, it's difficult to say because I've done a tour. Really yeah. fucking it was big and it was back to back. But then, you know what I mean? I might just put on some solo shows at venues. I'd still say it's a tour because like, you've got a, you're, no, no, I'm gonna come home in between each one. Yeah, but your your <laughs> but your thing is like you're you're so like you know you're very modest in like your success. You're you're you are kind of like a very modest like you'll sit around afterwards and have a drink with it. You are like sort of go out and have a drink with everyone. But like I feel like this industry, yeah, you sometimes have to be not you have to make out your further than you, like we know comedians who yeah. will be like, hey, new post tomorrow, new, and they won't just, it's just like, just post it, bro. Just, uh, new post tomorrow, big announcement. And it's like, that they're doing like four dates They've somewhere. been their own hype man. And they've been their own yeah. hype man. And that's the thing with this industry. Kind of effective. You, um, you kind of have to do that, I think. You know, I find, um, I used to think that success was having a diary full. New and that's fucking optional taking time off is the fucking, the, the, that, that's the new, yeah. that's the new rich in comedy is to go and, I'm not going to work this weekend. I'm going to take April off. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, that's yeah. the fucking, uh, that, that's where it's that new, like, but you have to, you have to fucking work intensely for a good fucking while before yeah. you can back yourself out that. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, so I'm 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 gonna um, I'm gonna work on this solo show. Getting back to this point, I'm gonna work on this solo show. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna put it on in a bunch of places. May take it to Australia next year, probably nice. take it to a handful of places um, that I'm already familiar with. I'd like to take it to the fringe, but I'm not gonna get bent hour. I'm too long in the tooth for that game. Yeah. I'm not gonna have my pants around my ankles and fucked up the arse. Like I'm gonna, I, 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 like honestly, if I was gonna, like I'm, I, like I don't need, I don't need your fucking pensmiths coming and attacking. Like I mean, I, I, reviewers have been kind of us since fucking 2013. Like I haven't had a fucking bad gig. 2011 was my last fucking bad review. Yeah. Right. right. Since 2013 fringe, I, I, my third fringe, I figured it out. Like everyone's been kind, but still, people are gonna. You're putting yourself, you're opening yourself up for people to talk about you. You're opening yourself up for you're losing money, and I just, I, 
I'm not that arsed about the whole industry side of it. If, yeah. If if I wanted, I could just put, get a small venue in Blythe and put it on every day of August. Yeah. <laughs> and fucking yeah, probably do that. Probably do our eight numbers for the full run yeah. and, and keep 100% of it. Um, Talk of scummy white people. <laughs> there won't be much industry attention and there won't be much diversity in the crowd. But, uh, I, What'd you get out of the fringe? Oh, I've got, I got a shift at Morrison's. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a new show and I'm, I'm working on it and I've done some new material nights and I'm liking the material I'm doing and it's going to be fun and I'm going to put it on where I can't put it on. I'm just not going to be, I'm not going to be shagged up the arse. Do you, do you find, have you ever written towards reviews? No. Nah. Like, have you ever... Oh, I knew the Punch Drunk show was gonna get. But did was, that did that in your head? Did that make you like go? It made us. Um, it didn't make us try and replicate it the year after. Right. So the Punch Drunk show was about um, rescue. I mean, people can download it off my website. Go watch it. It's on kaihumphreys forward slash shop. Use the discount code Muggins. Plug. <laughs> so there, the Punch Drunk show was about the whole community of Blythe clubbing together to raise money for Kian's cancer yeah. treatment. It's a heartstring show. Yeah. And it's about my upbringing with my brother and how we came together to create this event, the boxing event, where you got punched in the face and punched Adam in the face also. Good fight. Um, <laughs> as, as fights go, that does sound <laughs> sounds yeah. like a good one. Um, so that show had uh, it had that extra star in it so like it, it come through it was like that was my five star show where the fives yeah. all came in I knew the next year I, I wasn't going to try and pull another heartstring show out my arse because I would have had to force it that didn't have a story as good yeah. so I just made a show that was funny and it just got, it got four stars reviews across the board I knew I wasn't going to get that fifth and I knew it was too funny for it to get anything less so like yeah yeah, I get what you mean. Because I had last year, I had for the first time, I had like a, not a sad bit in my show, but just like a very honest moment in my show. And it was like, that was a thing that I would find got a good reaction and stuff. And I think it's like a really good thing to learn how to play with that reaction sometimes as like as a stand-up. Like there is something about not just learning how to be funny on stage, but being really open, being mm. really honest and play. Sloss does it perfectly, playing yeah. attention, bringing people back in. Um but it's it's like this year I don't feel like exactly what you were saying. I might do three 20 minute bits or three 20 and they're all about things because I like my stand up. Like yeah. I find I like to write with a point to it yeah. as well as being funny, but I'm not going to have something that's just like, because uh, man, I was, I'll tell you what the bit was. It was about like how I used to self-harm and then fucking halfway through the fringe, because I'm saying it every day, I'd be on stage talking about how I used to cut myself, and I'm there going like, I might take that route home that goes past the milkshake place so I can get a milkshake. And I'm having this like moment where I'm opening up in more ways than one. Uh, <laughs> and I'm there going like, I could go past the sushi place and get a can. I'm meant to be like, actually like, fucking holding this moment to my audience. <laughs> so what's the what's the premise that you're gonna, you're thinking about self-harming yourself and then you get distracted by a milkshake? No, no, no. That was genuinely happened. I'd be honest. I had a bit in my show about how I used to self harm. Okay. It was, it was a load of jokes. It wasn't. A, it wasn't like a forty-five minutes deliberate there. Heart yeah. straight, like the forty-five minute thing is where you apparently it's like a thing in the industry where you have a dip in your show because yeah. that's where it usually dips. So, so you, yeah, you double down on it, mm, and then you yeah, you tell them about your dad's lump and his testicles. Yeah. 
Dad, I don't know. I don't know how to break this news. I've, that, just, why, why have you got me to do just it? Link, just send him the link. Send him the Dad, I really think you should. I really think you should have got a doctor to do this. <laughs> um, so the bit was about like it was just a load of jokes I used to have about it. Right, it was just a bit that I had about it. Okay. But I would be doing that bit on stage and like I had to learn how to deal with the audience reaction. Yep. And I'd be doing that one day and I found that actually sometimes it required not a joke, just a moment of honesty. And I'd be doing that. So in my head, I'm talking about it. So on stage, I'm talking about it. But in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, I could get the banana and strawberry one today, actually. That, that looked quite nice when I saw that lady order it yesterday. And then, oh, oh fuck it. So I used to self-harm. Because you say it every day. Yeah. Like... You get back right. Um, so this year, what what's your plan? Are you gonna write? Are you just gonna write what's what you find funny? Yeah, I'm gonna. I've got three sort of with no with no real direction. You're just gonna no, see what comes. I always think, yeah, you write with a. I find for myself, I write with a direction. Like wherever I write, it's come from here, and so everything will be interlinked. I have to find a bit, stand back at one point, and go. Here's the link here's what i'm talking about and it might be relationships it might be this it might be that but it all comes from the same place of what i'm wanting to talk about i'm only doing this fringe this year because i want to do it yeah because i got told like you had a good fringe last year go do it and i was like yeah and then i started writing and i was like oh no i've got something i want to say this year i've got something i want to do this show i would hate to just go fuck i've got to go write a show because i've done that before and you just chew, I just tried to do it. It didn't really work as well as it could have done. And that's a learning experience, but I don't, I, I don't, I think like you do it perfectly and go like, cool, I'm just going to go write an hour of stand up this year. Still good show. Yeah. It's still great. But you've, you've proved you can do both things. Yeah. I've done the narrative show and I've done the, I've done the stand up show. And usually I'll do like a fucking set piece at the end that kind of ties it together. So yeah. it's like nice and it's got a ribbon on it. Oh, your end. gimmick. Huh? I, did, I, did, I have ended on a gimmick I've ended where I've battle rapped and done yeah. Rubik's Cube I've ended fucking where I, I've brought, brought out like fucking I've brought someone on stage and yeah, fed them your final punchline um, you can download that show it's called In Full Colour <laughs> in, in, in Full Colour is also what I tried to make this podcast about <laughs> well, well shade, shade puns as well as satire about the just coming on and just fucking being mildly racist mildly <laughs> So, uh, so this year, <laughs> back to the fringe. <laughs> Sorry, no, let's stick on the theme of fringe. Now, that I wasn't being racist. You weren't, you weren't. You were being observational about your area. Yes, thank and, you. And uh, how that can be perceived as racist. Yes, um, thank you. Now I'm going to get back to this. I'm going to do a show about... Uh, so this is the premise, right? It might not yeah. be what I do. This is just the like fucking yeah. the first draft idea, right? Is um, that... It's it's gonna be about hobbies and recreation, right? Like the things that you do for joy in life. Um and the whole premise of it maybe might be this, is that we're living in a simulation and if this is a game that you wanna be having fun with it. Yeah. You don't just fucking you don't play a game with a fucking straight face and just follow the fucking story mode, you do other little side quests and have fun. So I'm I'm gonna do it about the hobbies that 
like fucking light up your life. So I'm gonna do it about uh, Muay Thai and fighting nice, and like yeah. my first. So the first bit of material is like the first fight I ever got into when I was a kid and when I joined the boxing gym and stuff like that, right? And now I'm gonna do some stuff about knitting as well. And I'm gonna do some stuff inspired by the VR, the virtual reality, which will yeah. tie into life being a simulation. Um, and I'm this is my working title: Knit a Boxer Glory. Nice. You like it. Yeah, that's nice. what I think I'm going to run with. I think, I think that's going to be the premise of my show. That's nice. I'm trying to go. And the, the other option was going to be just Carl at Linda and just do some childhood <laughs> stories from the Boogie Ma. I and think that, I could do a show, Carl yeah, Linda, yeah, and yeah, the Boogie Ma. So it's going to be one of the other. It's either going to be Carl Linda, it's going to be Carl Linda, oh. Boxer Glory, and it's either going to be about me childhood, me upbringing, me, me, um, and my relationship with my mother, or it's going to be about my hobbies. I I was gonna do. Uh, I wanted to call mine for several years. I wanted to call one uh, jet fuel can't melt Elliot steel beams. Oh wow! Or <laughs> or Incelliot, but like Incelliot steel. Incelliot steel. However, my only thing is, is I just I don't want to throw my name into like I've done the, the pun game and all of that. I was just like, oh, I thought you were gonna see the insult yeah, vibe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to throw my name into that. No, no, there. that's the other thing. I wouldn't want. Because I saw this. What's the boys? The something boys, proud boys. Oh fucking hell! I wouldn't want those kind of groups. Like, because like my show this year is basically what I'm doing. Is what I'm trying to do is uh, I'm sick of seeing like I'm part of like lad culture. I'm part of it. I I, I I'm with it and stuff. But I'm sick of seeing comedians like me who represent me go on and take the fucking piss out of minorities and be horrific about them. So I'm trying to do that. Do it on podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do it on fucking, come on. Like, there's like eight people listening to this. <laughs> 4,000 episodes. Fuck, man. That's me cancelled. <laughs> that would come as an arena for as a gig. This is, uh, this is going to be, yeah, I'm definitely, do you know what? I do worry about this podcast because I know that if something's going to happen in the future where I come like quite well known, they're just going to pull up snippets of this. Well, Danny survived. Fucking, yeah, but Danny's Danny never said anything. I've been on Ooh. podcasts with Danny that he's deleted because it's gone. Nah. Uh, there was one we had to. We did in New York where the start of it, we fucking had to. Oh, we just restarted again, yeah. Yeah, we had to. Yeah, like, we restarted, really because it was shade. Yeah, um, but like, the uh, but no, but I think do you know what you see all that council culture and stuff like most of it is most of it is like you they someone will bring out a clip of someone and it is them being horrific, yeah. <laughs> like, 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 like what's the Kramer from oh, Seinfeld? Oh, yeah, he should have been cancelled, yeah, yeah. That's just like you've shown your true colors and no one likes you anymore, bye, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. that's not that's not political correctness gone mad. Uh, that's you can't be out and out racist. This is the thing people don't realize that you've got freedom of speech, but that doesn't mean freedom of consequence. Like you do have, you can go say those things, but then the re- the response of it back isn't yeah. isn't unjust. That's people I, if reacting you to if it. If you can full Justin Lee cons on your missus, like people are probably going to stop talking to you. Hey, no, come on. <laughs> <laughs> come on, we all have bad days. Uh, I mean, I'm going to cancel my PlayStation. Kind of fucking emotionally manipulated. As soon as we friends leave and that, it's gonna be like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> I love it. I'd, I'd love it if the, the clip comes out and it's just you talking to your PlayStation. You're like, if you ever embarrass me in front of my friends, <laughs> I will fucking you turn on when I say you turn. On. And I just start downloading an update and start oh, letting us play it. But yeah, just but, to fucking get us back. But I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and like set myself the challenge of like writing woke comedy, but from a lad angle this year. 
<laughs> like set myself the challenge of like being on the side of like but like saying like lads well, we've got to change you this. know what I fucking um, I'd done that uh, like last year I'd done some stuff about the uh, male pill yeah and oh, I got the pill very uh-huh. and um, I got called by a good friend another comedian going, oh, I've been chatting to some other comedians before like you're just getting a bit too woke like, who, who was it? I'll tell you off the podcast. But I, I was like, fucking, what do you mean, too woke? Oh, well, because I'm showing a little bit of fucking respect. You think I'm trying to, like, fucking virtue signal here? And I'm like, like, I'm just, oh, I, I ended up having, like, a bit of a fucking debate with him in the bar. And, uh, but he, like, he thought he was just, like, making a positive interference because him and another couple of fucking 40 year olds, like, had a, had, a, had a chat about it and said I was weird. But, like, man, People are laughing. I'm coming from the right angle, and you know what? It's fucking good hearing something woke coming from someone like me. Yeah, you know, it's progressive. It's much better than hearing it from some fucking cardigan wearing beat a cook. Oh man! Well, that's the other thing. Those espionage pussy getters who are fucking <laughs> Tinder feminists. Oh man! The amount of them in comedy. I saw someone do a bit uh, like on stage one time where he genuinely went like. Uh, uh, he was doing a whole thing about like how men should, you know, the kind of guys who stare at women on the tube. And I wanted to go and take the mic and go, cool. So when you're on the tube, you've got blinders on, yeah? So you see a fit girl get on, you won't acknowledge it. Because I know women, there's an account called Fit Guys on the tube where it's just girls uploading pictures of fit lads on the tube. Do you know why I was angry? Because I wasn't on it. That's why. <laughs> like, I wasn't, I wasn't annoyed that days, existed. Days I wasn't like, how can women have this and men can't? People, don't stare and start heavy breathing and rubbing your belly button. That's weird. <laughs> but fuck me. You can acknowledge that someone's attractive. Don't start catcalling them. Just have a have a little glance. Go, wow, that's made my day. Uh, then go on about yourself. Fucking, let me get my phone. Uh, you don't, you don't need to upskirt them. Oh, well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. This is, uh, this is coming to overrun territory. So yeah, let's, so let's, let's, let's slag off each other's dars because we can we plug our shit they've first? been up to some mad I thought you didn't want to be plugging um, I will got. at the end of the podcast so this weekend I will be at the Gilded Balloon <laughs> we do come one come all Edinburgh Edinburgh the basement theatre I'm on with there's actually a fucking belter lineup. the Gilded Balloon always put on belter lineups. they are great to everyone I was just trying to be funny earlier please please keep booking me um, but I will also on Tuesday this coming Tuesday the 11th of Feb I will be doing my new show at Leicester Comedy Festival at The Cookie uh, tickets are available on their website and then on to 23rd of this month I will be at Vault Comedy Festival London doing my brand new show it's like £7.50 ticket ticket links are in my like Insta bio and stuff again on their website then on the 20th of March I'll be doing my last year world review show Merck at Brighton Comedia alongside Marlon Davis who will be doing his show and then well we'll both be at uh, oh wait. Altitude Festival Altitude Festival yeah come to Altitude Festival man like it's it's getting a bit close now for you to just pull a couple of grand out of the bag to come on the best holiday of your life. But man, if your ACA comes in this weekend, fucking get yourself the altitude. It's I, the best fucking week of my life every, every time it's on. It's genuinely, it's so good. It's ruined every holiday since. Yeah, because it's, it's, that's, it it's, can't, 
it can't match it's it. just it's essentially just coming on the sesh with us on the mountains and snowboarding through the day and all the upright skis comedy it's in Meyerhofen and it's on air from the like 31st of March first week of April yeah it's, it's that 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 duration uh, Meyerhofen Austria you fly into Innsbruck or Munich if you want to check your flights make sure you get Meyerhofen for your accommodation and then Altitude Festival for your wristbands oh, and man, that's it, it that's your perfect holiday it's, it's the best comedians in the world like it's just good comedy you get to hang out with everyone as well I went for yeah. dinner with people last year if that's going to entice well, you that you get to go to dinner live, with me we're going to do a live podcast can I be on it yeah can I? Yeah. yeah. So, what um, a pathetic thing to ask while that's still on. Uh, <laughs> um, it was really like, please, sir, can I have some more? Oh, yeah, I mean, so me, me and Daniel introduce it and then we'll get a rotation of guests on. We'll get you and Colin and Gareth and all the regulars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, maybe maybe not Colin, but... Uh, your dad got thrown out of Zumba because his clostomy bag sprung a leak and it splashed everyone when he was swinging his hips. <laughs> Your dad's dog died, so now he chases the postman instead, but the postman just battered him. <laughs> Your dad didn't suck his thumb as a child, he deep throated his fist. <laughs> Your dad did the Instagram, which one am I filtering, keeps getting nonce regardless of what show it is. <laughs> your, your dad called the hospital staff transphobic because they wouldn't give him a hysterectomy. I don't know what that is. It's when women get their tubes tied. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that would have worked if I wasn't so thick. Uh, well, the uterus removed or something. It's one of the. <laughs> Just, you don't know what it's. Your dad forgot to pick you up as a kid, and then had his world greatest dad mug revoked. <laughs> your dad thinks his hair grows because he waters it every night in the shower. Your dad is sick of this section of the podcast as well am I. <laughs> Your, your dad got a door fitted on his bath and sat in the tub all Halloween waiting for kids to knock on it. <laughs> your dad carries a condom in his wallet in case he gets into an impromptu water balloon fight. <laughs> your dad learned what I love you is in sign language so that he couldn't accidentally say it to your mum when he was gesticulating. <laughs> your dad turned up to his Sunday league football game in a Kobe jersey. <laughs> Respect. The boys having a little kick about. I'm in silence. Now one of the referees on the old Sunday League football team, one of the referees made, we'll have a fucking minute silence for his dog. Wow, fucking. Honestly, just fucking 20, oh, 22, no, jo- 22 Jordy no, stuff in the centre circle, fucking no, keeping her laughing. No, that didn't God. happen. Swear to God. For his dog. For his dog. <laughs> Did you know the referee? Was it a random... It was, like, it was always the same batch of referees that would do your thing. It was this lad with Carl Panther. I don't know why we called him Panther, but he was just this fucking weak George motherfucker that just like, he seemed like it was a little bit of a screw loose. <laughs> he, was, he, he just took that. a lot of shit you know what I mean like people would give him shit all the time and he would just take it anyone would get a booking for descent they would just give him shit and he would just take it all the time and, fucking... and a grown man I'm sorry I'm crying sorry it's going to make terrible decisions no, a grown man would make other grown men stand in a <laughs> swear to fucking god this isn't your dad joke <laughs> this is a legit part of my life that happened fucking me and Matty and Brosnan that just stood around the centre and said a pussy and that like Star lads just like looking at each other sideways glance guys. I'm just kidding us. <laughs> Wasn't even dead. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
<laughs> it just been spaded. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, everyone. I just had one of them fucking uh, <laughs> just one of them neck brace things on, you know, like lampshade lampshade cord just not making oh, stitches. Oh my god. Well, oh sorry, I need a minute. Well st- I watched for the dog. Did <laughs> <laughs> someone score a goal and dedicate it to the third point up to heaven? <laughs> oh sorry, sorry. Oh, your dad. <laughs> It's going to be an anti-climax yeah. uh, Your dad sleeps with the duvet buttons at the top so he can chew on them. <laughs> your dad thinks he's the only person who's referred to Harry and Meghan leaving the royal family as Megxit and chuckles to himself every time he says it. Ugh. Your dad tried to flick an elastic band at the school teacher but he forgot to let go and cut and pulled himself at Mr. Walters <laughs> instead. Uh, that's just nothing I have is as good as what you've just said about the dog. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad said he knows how to play Stairway to Heaven, and to be fair, he does, but next time he needs to do it on a guitar and not a kazoo. <laughs> Your dad uh, pretended to bite your mum on the boob with a Haribo jelly snake just so he could suck out the venom. <laughs> Sorry, have you got a snake one? Was a jelly, that a snake? Jelly, jelly snake? Yeah. Your dad ordered a snake bite at the bar and got bitten by a cobra. Wow. <laughs> uh, I, well, mean, I mean, not that good. Sorry, mate. It, it shouldn't be a rule not to mark each other's there. Do you know about um, Brushy and his stag do? I'll tell you this way, fucking. He's so his stag do, right? The fucking animal guy comes with an animation. I made him do a minute silence for all the animals. That animation team, aye. He's fucking. He's got like a parrot and all that that does some stuff, and he's done a couple of tricks already, and then it's the piece de resistance at the end of the show. Where he gets like the stag to come up and he puts the snake on the stag and he puts it puts it around Brucey's neck and all that. He's like, don't worry, it'll not bite you. It's a fucking tame snake. The fucking snake just cocked back and just launched itself, latched itself out of his bicep, and Brucey's just there going, I thought you said it didn't bite. <laughs> Calm as you like, it's fucking latched on him. He's like, you bloody told me you didn't bite this thing anyway. Was, was Pamper there and anyway, made everyone have a. He's dead. That was the last I saw Brucey. <laughs> <laughs> you held a minute silence for him at your next Sunday league game. <laughs> Fucking panther. Right. I'm, so, I'm sorry about the end. I've just died at that minute silence story. It was fun. Right, guys. Uh, I'll see you next time. We'll have Danny back on. It'll be a proper podcast. 